This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Check this out. It is free. No, I'm serious. It's free, 100%. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor then distributes that podcast for you, and you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from that podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. I Actually, funny story, before we get everything started, um... I ordered something on Uber Eats from the local Italian spot right next to my house, and today did not go pepperoni on pineapple. Just went regular pepperoni for everybody. So, wow. just felt I owed it to the people. Do you want to feel like you're being choked by a very weak guy with incredibly soft hands all day? Turtlenecks. Turtlenecks. Do you want to be at the height of fashion, but have an art gallery to manage? Turtlenecks. Turtlenecks. Do you want to wear a turtleneck without the extra layer of fabric? Try mock turtlenecks. Mock turtlenecks. Do you want to appear overdressed without spending much money? Turtlenecks. Turtlenecks. Do you enjoy eliciting a slight hint of arrogance amongst your coworkers? Turtlenecks. Turtlenecks. Do you enjoy the 80s SNL skit Sprockets? Turtlenecks. Do you want fans of the Lebertard show to never get over the outfit you wore to Dan's wedding? Turtlenecks. Turtlenecks. What if I told you that the Dan Lebertard show's best food takes come from the most in-shape guy in the room? That Chris's reign as most athletic on the show came to an end the moment Tony walked in. What if I told you that the guy who gives those awesome food takes is also the best looking in the shipping container? What if I told you that trying out for a football team's quarterback spot without a football is not only possible, but it happened? That being good at sports and radio are not mutually exclusive. What if I told you that the man they call Ant actually brought back the black turtleneck gray jacket combo? Not Brady, not Sedano. 4040 presents the story of a man who started as a lovable heel but is now just straight up loved.
And we are back on Lauer After Hours. This is Mike Ryan Fan Account, and today we are joined by the trend-setting mastermind that brought Turtlenecks back, Tony, a.k.a. the King of the Ant Hill. Thank you so much for joining Lauer After Hours. You have been such a welcome addition to the shipping container, as one room can simply never have enough 305 in it. The People's Champ aka who the hell is tony let's find out what's happening everybody what's the word lauer fam i mean let me just put the uh the scene so everybody because this is a audio medium i'm staring into a zoom call with one two three four uh with 16 faces looking back at me this is the most i've ever had in a zoom call by the way and i'm so glad um there's a lot of people that have been hitting me up and and when I put out the tweet, just like how incredible and, and it's an ode to everybody here how much you guys love the show. Um, how incredible it is that you guys did a spin-off of a spin-off of the show. <laughs> <laughs> and and you guys are making it happen. And and the most beautiful thing I find um since being part of the show for the last like year and some change has been just the community of of people um that love the show, that love the people that have you know, even the, the furthest thing to do from the show and, and it's a community. So you guys are really doing the damn thing for real. Well, thank you Conley for those words. Uh, the, as Eric just said, we have the King of the ant Hill himself, uh, uh, ant with us. Um, man, thank you so much for your time. And, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of Stugats in all of us. Like we let you guys do the heavy lifting and we're just, uh, riding y'all's coattails and, uh, you know, guilt tripping people and schmoozing, you know, sliding into DMS left and right. Uh, every day it seems like somebody else is hitting, hitting up somebody else at ESPN. (laughs) So, uh, thanks again for being here, man. Um, Anthony, today we are answering the question, who the hell is Tony? I'm still trying to figure that out (laughs) to be honest. Look, and I'll give you, I, I, before we get started, I'll give you a little uh, bit of background on that. So as you know, we do the, the, the show from a zoom. Um, now that Mike, Dan and Stu are in studio, it makes it a little bit easier for us to have the ability to kind of point out who's talking and the toughest thing, which is why I'll attribute my L from Bomani, not because of the content, because I was cut off um, since he has the upper hand being on the phone and I'm on Zoom, it's right. hard for me to like get in there and say something. So I wasn't able to uh, properly defend myself as obviously you guys know I can do. So <laughs> it was a little bit of an unfair match. I'd like a rematch against him uh, on other stuff too. Ooh, but that's, the a tall, that's a tall order, man. It like, is. I, it ask, is. Asking for, for a match in the first place with, uh, <laughs> with 80, as uh, Stugatz likes to call him, or, or Bomani. That's uh, but you want a rematch? You want to go head to head? I'm never scared. I'm never scared. I'll talk. I'll talk to anybody about anything. I don't care. Even if I take the L, I keep going. I feel you, man. I feel you. Well, look, we're going to uh, we're going to mix it up here. I'm going to start the questions off, and uh, man, take your time with it. Feel free to to answer however long you want to. Um, we are on your clock again. Thank you so much for uh for being here. Uh, I'm going to throw it to the Anthony of our group uh up in NYC. Uh, Anthony, take it away, my man. Hey, Anthony from Brooklyn, at Stiano on Twitter. Um, and not that we want to start heavy necessarily, but, you know, a lot of us saw your post um, that you put on Instagram from your wife about yeah. her grandmother having COVID and yeah. being the plasma donor. And, yeah. you know, I had an aunt who died from COVID like three months ago. So 
I, I felt a connection that. when I, thank you. I felt a connection when I saw that, and I think we wanted to throw it out to you to give you an opportunity to talk about it here. Maybe you could reach someone who could help, or just you know get it out for people. For sure. Um, yeah. Thank you, guys. Uh, it's um, it's been kind of a kind of a hectic week um, here, at least with with my family. I had kind of a, a dual thing. Obviously, my wife and I found out that her grandmother, um, paternal grandmother, um, who's who's ninety two years old, by the way, she's been living a hell of a life for for a really long time. And um, we found out or on Monday, early in the morning before the show. Mm-hmm that um that they had taken over to the hospital and that she had tested positive for covid so we've been um really just uh fighting through this week a lot of faith a lot of just perseverance on on hoping that she gets better and and the team down at Baptist Hospital here in Miami is doing a really great job their doctors are are trying to do you know the best that they can um we do need a plasma donor and one of the things i will say is we've been having from some of the posts you guys have seen locally here friends and family have outpoured and in the teens the multiple dozens that have come out saying look i'm i'm covid free i had covid but i'm i'm willing to do whatever it takes to help so it's been uh it's been awesome the outpouring of uh of people that that want to help the the issue that we have now is this um just because of the way that things are there aren't as many plasma kits available it's not as easy as just taking blood and you know giving it to somebody else there's a there's a process and i don't know if anybody here has any medical background but there's a there's a process to the um to the plasma extraction from the blood so you have to meet a lot of criteria to be able to donate the plasma you have to have the covid you have to beat it you have to be the right blood type to be able to transfuse the the plasma so we've got our heads up um there's a couple uh places that have been able to uh, have an appointment for some of the people that that have tested um, positive for you know being able to to transport the the plasma. So we're just hoping and praying that uh, that everything's good there, and and as soon as possible we can get something going because uh, you know it's it's no joke. And and again, I'd advise everybody to listen, you know, listening that the mask is you know is it's something that can save people's lives. And and I know we we tend to politicize a lot of stuff in the country, right? And mask wearing has become something that has been politicized, but you just got to make sure to to do your part and to protect uh, the people out there that are less, you know, that are more susceptible to this because COVID really isn't a real thing until it affects your family. So right. that's that's right. the one thing I'll say about that. And, and obviously, if anybody's listening out of Miami, um, you can always hit me up uh, if you have been COVID positive, if you meet all the criteria for donating plasma at ac underscore underscore 305 you can hit me up there and, and we can make something happen thanks for sharing that it's uh you know it's we we, we feel connected to the show so when we see something like that we all sort of feel like okay what can we do yeah for, for you or for sort of anyone else that's sort of out there because you know gold is no joke i don't know yeah 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 and i appreciate that i appreciate that guys it's it's been uh it's been an interesting week so and i had i had a family friend um pass away from pancreatic cancer on wednesday as well so it's it's just been yeah it's been it's been a heavy week and you know the last the last couple of months we've been trying to to keep our heads up and stuff so this week was just especially a little bit more taxing um just because uh you know when people you love pass away or or they get you know they come down with something like this it just kind of puts stuff into perspective absolutely well yeah thanks uh as as our anthony said uh thank you for sharing that and uh man uh she's in our prayers and and thoughts for sure appreciate that. Um, I hope she, hope she pulls through for sure. She um, will. She's a fighter. 
We're not, yeah. we're not worried. We're, we don't, you, you don't get to, you don't get to 92 years old without being a fighter. Exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. hundred percent. Well, um, thank you again for sharing and I'm going to throw it to steak sauce. I think he has a little lighter, uh, subject matter. Uh, we, than that. All good. I I'm again, the people's champ, man. I, I'll you, answer you are, anything man. to a certain book. extent, to a certain extent. <laughs> I can't let you guys into this, to the secret, the book of secrets on the show, but I can bring, I can bring you to the line and let you know what's good. All right. Steak well, we sauce, where are we at, baby? What's up, man? This is Steak Sauce from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, I got a big problem here. My wife hates my man bun. <laughs> can, you, uh, can you school her? She was supposed to be here, but she chickened out. Can you school her on why man buns are awesome? Of course. And of course I second, can. One more. I, I dunked a basketball when I was in eighth grade, and it was the second greatest moment of my life. Where, the first time you dunked, where do you rank it? Oh, wow. Okay. So I'll, I'll go that one first and then I'll talk about the man button. Um, uh, the first time I dunked was, I want to say, summer of eighth grade going into ninth grade year. And I remember being at my school, <clears throat> my middle school, um, that was, I went to a private Christian school um, for seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. And then I transferred to public school, 10th, 11th, and 12th. Um, so I played on the varsity team in eighth grade, um, at the high school. So I was always in, in practice trying to dunk, trying to dunk, trying to dunk, and I never got it, but something happened, I guess, from, you know, January of my eighth grade year to June of my eighth grade year that I was able to get up and dunk. And, and it was a cool feeling because I had gotten so close so long and I was just like, Oh, this is, this is it. But the one time that, um, that it felt real was and I never dunked in a game unfortunately I was I was never that kind of guy but um one time in an open gym um we were playing you know our our preseason open gyms where we would have an unofficial practice we'd have runs and stuff and for game point I was able to I, I caught it on a, on a long rebound and just went up and slammed it for game point and it was like one of the most incredible <laughs> feelings of all time you know what I mean like when you when you when you're able to do that and you kind of just like throw it down and then it was game points. So I was like, all right, guys, like, that's it. It was, it was really cool. But um, the thing is when, when you, when you grow up watching, especially Miami, we have a lot of hybrid athletes. A lot of guys play football, a lot of guys play baseball and play basketball too. So when, you know, when you come from that area from South Florida where the, the athletes are just incredible, dunking is just normal you know like right, the football right. players come in they don't even know how to play basketball and they're just going up and throwing it down <laughs> tomahawking it and then we have open gyms where timmy hardaway jr who now plays for the mavericks um played at our rival school across the street and he would come in because the coach at palmetto and the coach at killian were, were really good friends so we'd come in and do inner squad scrimmages and he was up there just windmilling it between the legs and this is like junior year so we were looking wow. around like oh shit like this is He's pretty good. So he ended up being pretty good in the long run. But the first time I dunked, it was it was okay. The first time I dunked in an actual game, you know, scrimmage or so, um, that was that was probably the, the best feeling. Um, and then for the man bun, so I uh, I started doing a man bun. Uh, wow, this was probably twenty. I want to say twenty fifteen or so. I started really growing it out and. I had it long for a long time with like, you know, the whole bun and thing. And to me, it's an expression of just, I don't give a shit. Like I'm going to do what I want. It doesn't matter who's, who's, you know, who's going to oppose it. My parents didn't like it. Some of my friends made fun of me, but you know, as, as a trendsetter, 
I got to, you know, ride my own wave. And that's what I've been able to do for a long time. So I, I don't really care what anybody has to say when it comes to the style that I choose, my hair cut choice. My wife liked it. My girlfriend at the time, now my wife liked it. So I was able yeah. to get the, uh, the thumbs up from the boss. Yeah. I, uh, I haven't been able to do uh, any it's almost there, hairstyle though. in a long time. It's almost time. there. <laughs> maybe, maybe with my beard, I might, get, uh, I might get grow this out long enough to like, you know, wrap it up on top of to my bring head. It back. So that's one thing I can't have. I don't have a full beard. Like, as you can see, like, this is all I got. When it, when it grows out, I have the Andrew Luck under beard situation. Right, right. So I, I'm never, I've never been able to completely grow out the full, like, where's Bruce? I saw Bruce is like rocking it. Like, I wish I could have that. And I just, I can't. There's, there's nothing I can do to make it, to make it grow. I even got like beard oil, like beard growth oil. And I started putting it on like a couple of years ago. Shit didn't work. So I was like, all right, forget it. Right on. All right. Steak is that, that's pretty good advice. Basically you just got to own it, right? Oh, yeah, exactly, it, man. embrace it and make it part of your style. And yep. if you embrace it, anything hard enough, people won't question it. My personality is a hundred percent. Don't give a shit. So that's perfect. <laughs> exactly. That's all you need, man. That's all you need. <laughs> All right, Asom, you are up next with a show-related question. What's up, Anthony? Asom, what's happening? Basements of Chicago. Thank you for meeting with us. Of course, man. It's an honor to be talking to the most athletic person in the shipping <laughs> container. I know you can outrun Chris Cody. I know you can Easily. kick the field goal. And I know you would have dominated uh, Ninja Warrior. Yes. So my question revolves around the first time you sat in each one of their seats the night before, you know, when filling in. I looked at you early on as a utility player. Were you nervous? Were you excited? What was going through your head for, okay, I'm filling in for Billy today. I'm filling in for Mike today. Yeah. Um, it's crazy, man, because like, so I'll, I'll take you guys back. This will be a little bit of a longer, a longer answer. And I got time, so I don't care. Um, are we good? Everybody good? We're great. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, we're good. So clock. I, I grew up, I'm 28 years old. I grew up listening to Dan and Stu as a kid. Um, I was, let's see, the show's been on since like 2004 ish here, Miami, 2003, 2004. I was 12, 13 years old at the time. And I didn't really know. I liked sports. I was an athletic kid. I liked playing sports, but I never really got into listening. Other people talk about sports. That was just something that, you know, wasn't something that I was, um, really tapped into. And, and I started listening to, to Dan and Stu and, and they really, they really um, kind of formulated my my early years as a sports fan, as somebody that was kind of thinking outside of the box on sports, not just the X's and O's, the who wants it more, the whole thing that we made fun of um, on the show. And that's kind of the, the secret of the show is that, you know, we don't take shit seriously. So I, I, I'm naturally like that. I have a hard time, you know, being serious in, in serious situations sometimes. So there was a, there was kind of like a moth to the flame element of the show that I was immediately drawn to. So quick story, as I climb up the radio corporate ladder, um, I was at, I was, I was at FIU doing my, uh, my degree in journalism and broadcast media. Um, I wanted to break into, I was doing the college station, the college radio show there. Um, I was the main host that we had, and then I want to start to get into Big Boy Radio, the mm-hmm. you know the local affiliate in town is seven ninety the ticket. Obviously, the station Stu got started way back when. So I've always had you know pinpointed um, places, you know like a map for my career, 
And eventually what I always wanted to do is be exactly where I'm at right now. So when I started, um, I was a promotions uh, assistant at 790 The Ticket because they said I wasn't good enough to be a producer there. They didn't have the spot. The spot was too high up to be, you know, somebody just starting off. And I was like, okay, well, when something lower comes up, I'll be in this promotions gig until you guys bring me over. So I kid you not, guys, I was at, you know, like four dealerships. I was at like city parades. I was at like, like, like highlight uh, tournaments that the, the right. stations were, were broadcasting live from. And I remember just sitting there as people like came through, it was hot as shit, it was 95 degrees in Miami in the middle of the summer, people spinning wheels. I'm giving them t-shirts and I'm like, fuck, this is like, this is not, <laughs> this is not where I want to be. Right. Radio so, hell. Exactly. Right? Exactly. The, the ground floor, the lowest, lowest person on the totem pole. So I worked my way up and, you know, um, Never got the producer job at 790. I, I asked, I talked to, you know, several people there and they just never gave me the shot. So I went across town and went to 560 WQAM, which is where I got my first gig as a, as a radio producer. Um, many of you know, uh, Hockman and Crowder were there. Um, Mark Hockman, who, you know, former executive producer of the show. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I obviously knew Hawk from way back when. And it was cool just to be in the same ecosystem as somebody who had been, you know, a, a such a large part of the show early on. So as I was there, I was there for, I want to say September to about June of 2016 to 17. Then I was, I got called up by, um, by ESPN to head up to Connecticut and basically um, help them put together their original podcasts unit i would work on a bunch of shows in june in july of 2017 i moved up to connecticut miami boy born and raised never been anywhere outside except for college when i went to ucf in orlando for a little bit right moved basically across the eastern seaboard to connecticut by myself no family no friends the closest wow. people i had shout out to anthony in brooklyn i had a couple boys that live in brooklyn um and i would commute to see them you know a couple times uh a month but other than that, I was just by myself. And, and I remember sitting in the ESPN radio offices where you can you have Golik and Wingo. You've got Will Kane coming in. At the time, you had Stephen A. Smith when he was doing his show. Um, you just had a lot of buzz and a lot of people walking in and out. So to me, the experience of being at ESPN was so eye-opening. Um, the campus is exactly like you think it is. It's basically an entire – think of the, the closest university or college to you, right? Right. It was that, but just ESPN. There's people wow. just walking in and out. You see Adam Schefter on the phone. You see Stephen A. Smith walking by. You Bob Lee's ordering a roast beef sandwich. The calf <laughs> is incredible. Like there's there's a ton of stuff that's like real deal about the ESPN campus. Um, but one of the cool things is they're always playing ESPN radio in the offices. So as I was sitting doing my work, I was you know helping produce a lot of the ESPN original content shows. Zach Lowe, The Low Post, Adam Schefter, Buster Olney's Baseball Tonight, shitload of stuff. But I would always listen to the show because it was always on above me. And um, I would always watch it. I had a little TV above my desk. And me and two of my, two of my, uh, my coworkers, Tarika and Kyrie, um, Tarika's still there doing a bunch of great stuff with the, um, with the Women's Basketball Podcast. And Kyrie works for ESPN New York, uh, 98.7. He does uh, stuff with Michael K. show and does uh, a bunch of different stuff. I would always tell him, like, guys, like, this, this is it. Like, you're watching. And they didn't get it, right? Because right. When, when you don't get the show and you get in it halfway and you start – 
kind of like trying to figure out exactly what's going on, it's difficult. But the thing is, after a year and something of being there, they got and they were like, bro, you're so perfect for the show. Like, you're so Miami, like, that should be you. And I was like, well, guys, one day, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, doing my thing here, whatever. And uh, I was, uh, I was there until November. Uh, so I was there, I got there July 2017. And I left November of 2018. I came down to Miami. Um, I was able to to get some stuff transferred over here and I was working from home and uh, my bosses were like, Hey, look, we're, you know, launching this Lebertard and friends network. We definitely need more hands and more ears and eyes on everything. Right. And, uh, and it was just a perfect fit. I was able to kind of seamlessly come in. And, and the first time that I was asked to come on to the show was to help tape a South beach session post show. But Mike Ryan hit me up and he was like, hey, dude, um, you're going to come in today. You know, whoever we had, I don't even remember who the guest was. He's mm-hmm. like, listen, what I want you to do is we're doing a bit. I want you to come in a shirt and a tie. Okay, that's what I want you to do. And I was like, okay, sure. Like, no biggie. And <laughs> as I walk in, I start realizing the corporate Michael bit. And I was like, oh, I'm probably going to be some sort of, you know, prop here to kind of just stand in the back and nod. And as you, you know, most of you know, that's, that was my first um, time coming in to the show. And, and imagine when you walk into a place like the Clevelander that you've been watching on TV, that you've been listening and, and you've been just part of that community, but being outside of it, I was on the outside looking in like a lot of you guys feel like, you know? Yeah. So when I walked up to the Clevelander for the first time, it was almost like hollowed ground. I was like, what, like, I was like looking around like, holy shit, I can't <laughs> believe like I'm here. You know, and I'm walking in, people walking in and out, camera people, this and that. And then I see Dan and I see Stu and I see like all the guys and I introduce myself. Hey, what's up? I'm Anthony, this and that. And I remember just just being there in, in complete shock and awe. And then, you know, long backstory to say this, when I started filling in for guys, they're right. like, hey, why don't you come in and sit in Billy's seat? Or Chris is going to be out for a couple of days. Why don't you do that? Or Roy's going to be out or Mike's going right. to be out. Um, to me, it's like, it's, it's incredible. Like I, I couldn't even tell you um, the looking back into a lot of the shit that I had to do to get to where I was, was indescribable. Like the, the night before I was just like, I can't believe that I'm here. I'm, I'm the one that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of kids that I grew up with, a lot of, you know, classmates or friends or whomever like a lot of people say oh I want to do this at this point in my life sure and for me it was like a dream realized to to sit down there and and just be part of the show and and for the guys to accept me and I that's what that's one of the things that you know I'm eternally grateful for everybody on the show is that they you know welcomed me with open arms and we we meshed instantly um I'm a pretty easy guy to get along with but sometimes I can be a little bit you know, uh, ready to go. So they've, they've been awesome. And, and it's been, dude, it's, I I can't even describe to you the, um, the only thing that I, that I'm a little upset about is that Uh it it took me this short time in my career. Like by the time I started being a promotions assistant in 2016 to where I'm at now, basically starting with the show in 2019, those three years I thought were going to take way longer. And now that I'm here, it's like, Oh shit. Like, I had this like huge dream and idea and I thought it was going to take X amount of time. And now that I'm here so much faster than I thought, like now I have to like come up with new dreams and new ideas and goals <laughs> and stuff. Oh, 
But Poor it's pitiful Anthony. First <laughs> so problem. sorry. So man, hold on. You will, man. I appreciate uh, that answer and that detail. And I'll tell you what, you don't look nervous at all on television. You're doing a hell of a job. Keep Thank it up, you. man. I appreciate that, guys. And and it's been, you know, due to, to as you know, people like you were where you guys have embraced me to to a degree that I didn't know was gonna be um was gonna be, to be honest. And and uh, it's it's difficult. I know when a lot of people when I did the Reddit AMA, they were warning me like, look, Redditors don't like new people. They don't understand why new right. people are there. They don't get, you know, the, the there's actually jobs being done behind the scenes and stuff. As much as as much as they love the show, they don't get a lot of the show, right, unfortunately. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so for me, I, I just always go in everything with, hey man, I'm I'm playing I'm I'm on borrowed time, man. Like I'm playing right. house money being here. So that so actually, me. that actually rolls into an, uh, uh, listeners. We're here with Anthony, uh, and g- give your Twitter handle again. It is at AC underscore underscore three Oh five. Thank you very much. I can always, I always have to like, like type some form of your name into Twitter until it <laughs> pops up because I can never get the, uh, the handle just right. But actually what you're talking about rolls perfectly into the, uh, the mayor, uh, from Cartersville, Georgia, our personal favorite politician. Yep. Uh, he's got another question about the show. Mayor? Mayor, let me know. Thank you. Hey, it's public servant, by the way. Don't do not do that, the politician. That's right. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. No. no. Your name. And I, I, pre- I, I appreciate that previous answer. Actually, my real job, I'm in the radio business as well and have been for about 20 years. So nice. uh, I do understand that struggle. And congratulations. From where you are now, you've got nowhere else to go but down. <laughs> I know. So, uh, <laughs> But no, I'd like to know, um, you've kind of touched on how you've been accepted, and that was really my main question. But I guess the second part is, you know, what special skill or what kind of, everybody on the show kind of has a neurosis or a psychosis of some sort. What is is your niche of what you bring and what special skill do you add to the group? Wow. Um, It's hard to self-evaluate, you know, when, when, you know, we've got so many great characters um, on the show, I think everybody p- provides such a unique um, and perfect balance to what it is that we do. Obviously, everybody plays a part, but what I try to do is just be myself. Like I, I can't replicate Billy's randomness, his neuroses. Like I can't replicate Chris doing what he does with um, just pulling shit out of you know you know where and and just running with it and making it some you know something that's on the sta- you know, staple for the show. Um, Mike is obviously somebody that I've looked up to in this business for a long time, just because of his ability to create on the fly and just do all these different things is, is incredible. And Roy is like, for as little as Roy talks, like his presence is felt in the studio because he just, he knows what he's doing at all times. So for me, just like going in there and and trying to be what nobody else is, which is me. Um, I'm a little loud. I'm a little, you know, out of pocket sometimes. I'll challenge anybody. I'll say anything. People's um, champ. The people's champ. Like, I, I try to be the voice of you guys, you know, like like the the fans' voice, the, the outsider kid that was never supposed to make it. You know, I had people tell me that I wasn't good enough. I had people tell, didn't, you know, not give me the job that I was probably better than, you know, than the person that they had. Um, I was the guy that was never supposed to make it. And here I am. So for me, I just try to be myself. I try to bring different unique perspectives, try to bring the funny, try to bring a little bit of the serious when it's needed. But my role um, on the show is going to continue to grow. 
Um, it's just human nature. The, the longer that I'm there, the, the easier it's going to be for me to get into different things. Um, it's, to be honest, man, I, I just, the, this, the short and simple answer, and it's as cliche as it can sound, is I try to be me. And that's one thing that, you know, nobody can replicate is, is my energy, my passion, my love for the show. Um, I think that's that's unrivaled because when you've been in a certain place and and you you know it's it's a job right but when you come from having the show on such a pedestal to then being a part of it it's uh it's it's crazy it's completely undescribable and and I just try to do do my my thing and and create hey, you're a, you're the local boy made good man it uh like you said you're you growing up hearing the show uh for as long as you did uh you you fit like a glove with the rest of the shipping container thank you uh yeah absolutely mike ryan fan account he has got uh, i think some some hip-hop uh talk for you let's do it COVID first started you did a instagram live talking hip-hop and i just wanted to revisit your mount rushmore of all-time uh albums oh my god um okay so Wow. Um, I've got a very old school flavor to my music choices. And I think we're still trying to realize how impactful the current generation of of hip hop is to the grand scheme of things, obviously. um, And I have it here somewhere. I got to I got to find it because somebody had asked me the same question. Give me one second. So I'm so I'll I'll filibuster by saying this. I have I'm I'm a huge Biggie fan. And to me growing up, like that was the guy that I would listen to, you know, and and just absorb all of his music. And when you start putting together a list of Mount Rushmore of albums, um, mine's a little bit new school, a little bit old school. I think uh Ready to Die is probably the greatest album of all time. Um Banger, Wall to Wall. Um, ambitions as a writer, Tupac, I think is another classic record that's going to be kind of held outside the scope of time. Um, new school wise, I bring in, uh, I think graduation is one of the greatest albums of all time without question, whatever you think of Kanye, that's fine. The fact that he was able to create such a masterpiece with graduation to me was, was incredible. Uh, 3B to the 3A of graduation is my beautiful dark twist of fantasy. Again, wall to wall, you know, one of the most beautifully, you know, masterpiece put together albums I've ever heard. Um, and I catch a lot of shit for this last one. I think Damn by Kendrick Lamar is one of the greatest albums of all time. And it's going to end up being something that we look back on 20, 30 years from now and say, wow, like he spoke to exactly what the chord and the heartbeat of the times were. Because when, 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 a, when a hip hop album wins a Pulitzer Prize... Think about what I just said. A Pulitzer Prize for a hip hop album. People are doing space science. People are curing, you know, heart things. People are, you know, mending countries <laughs> together. And this guy just puts out an album, and it's a Pulitzer Prize winner. To me, that's one of the, uh, that's one of the top four or five. I'll do a Stu Gotts kind of top five, where I'll add another like three or four in. Um, <laughs> another quick one. Thirty six Chambers by the Wu Tang Clan. Obviously, you guys know I rep Wu Tang uh, very much. Um, that's another one that is, uh, that's like my three, A, B, C, D. I got a couple of those. So that to me, um, I love hip hop. Um, I grew up listening to it. I, I never had that rocker phase as a kid. I feel like everybody has that phase where you're like, I'm a punk rocker and it lasts for like 
you know, three months and then you're like, ah, maybe I wasn't. <laughs> I never had that face. For me, it was just listening and, and my LimeWire, my, my LimeWire generation stand up, uh, downloading a lot of albums <laughs> that I shouldn't have been downloading as, a, as an 11, 10, you know, nine-year-old kid just trying to absorb as much as I could. So for me, it's, it's something that I love. And, and that's a hell of a list. I, I would, I have to have like, and I don't care which album is your favorite, but I would, I would put probably outcast over Kanye just because mm. like that Southern, that, that ATL, like that's, yeah, that's yeah. my, that's my thing as far as, as far as hip hop goes. I agree. I agree. I think outcast is probably the single greatest uh, hip hop duo of all time without, without a doubt. Hey, I like you more and more the the longer you talk, man. <laughs> no tribe. Um, so I like tribe. The thing is, I have to be in a very particular mood to listen to tribe. Um, again, I'm I'm a student of the game, so for me, I listen to everything. Like my iPod is, you know, completely, you know, up and down with with all types of hip hop. I love tribe. I just, for me personally, they they're not in my uh in my top five. Right. What about well, something are- like De La Soul? That's a little more socially conscious in, in what they put out and I like and, I like De La Soul. Um the thing is imagine, you know, it's it's been so long since since yeah. they come out with anything and done anything. Um but put it this way, I remember listening to uh, me myself and I um on and again this will this will show my age. Um one of the first times I ever heard, heard De La Soul's Me Myself and I was um I want to say it was NCAA football two thousand and four. 2005 i think kellen moore was on the cover in the uh in the boise state broncos uniform if that was not kellen moore it might have been somebody else i don't remember but they had back when they had the tracks i remember listening to de la soul and playing like the heisman mode and being like damn this is pretty good and then i would go on like my my lime wire and try to download it so i have fond memories <laughs> of of listening to that oh man the the i, I spent a lot of time on LimeWire uh <laughs> with a dial-up internet connection downloading songs that had the wrong artists and the wrong title and the wrong album <laughs> then and fixing it in your itunes and absolutely the album cover i would spend hours doing god it. god it's and incredible i got the chopped and screwed version that's <laughs> exactly oh, so i was introduced so i was introduced to chopped and screwed and obviously that's that's an h-town thing and i don't know if we have anybody repping houston out here but um, I was introduced to Chopped and Screwed uh, like a lot of the country was when, when Mike Jones came out and like Swisher House was like, okay, this is what we're doing. Like, like Chopped and Screwed, if you, you know, if you like sipping lean, like this is your music. And for me, like I, <laughs> it, was, it was something that you just couldn't listen to, right? Like it's the most, if you're not sipping lean, like there's no way that you're going to enjoy the music. So, you know, somebody, somebody put up, pour up before and let me know because uh, – I, 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 you know, I can't, I can't do it now. I can't. Right on. See, now I feel like I've got to jump in right here. I'm sorry. Let's go, man. But when you, when you said old school, I'm a little bit older than the rest of the group, I think. So when you said old school, I'm like, oh, great. Cause I'm 52 and I'm thinking your definition of old school and my definition of old school are, are two different school systems, I guess. But yeah, I was um, hoping, I was hoping you were going to throw a little Eric B and rock M. Oh yeah, of course. Which I you listen and full, uh, of course and actually uh the doc i don't know if you've ever yeah. li- that's uh no one can do it better absolutely those he could have been great if it weren't for have. that accident but um yeah. i i love put it this way i'm i'm a i'm a historian a student of the game like i even go back to african bombada like that to me like put it this way my groomsmen at my wedding walked out to planet rock like that's that's, that's nice. where where i can come from like i can wow. go you know that that far back uh marley mall 
DJ Red Alert. Like I am a complete student of the game and, and listen to everything. So for me, just whenever I feel that old school mood, like I'll throw in whatever. Eric B and Rakim, I actually heard Peyton Pulley the other day. Uh, classic verse, classic verse. Nice, verse. nice. And that will do it for part one. As always, this is Mike Ryan Fan Account wishing you a lovely day. Please come back soon for part two. I love you all. Toodles. If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. RCA's local inpatient and outpatient programs are founded on science and delivered with heart from an expert caring team who will inspire and guide you every step of the way. Go to rcahelp.com slash podcast for more information on how to get treatment. At RCA, you'll be in a community that builds connections and fosters support from peers and RCA's team of medical professionals. At RCA's state-of-the-art campuses, they tailor your treatment to you and also offer specialized programs for patients with history of trauma or relapse, for young adults, for adults 50+, for the LGBTQ community, a confidential program for first responders and service members, and a faith-based program. Recovery Centers of America accepts patients 24-7 and is in network with most insurance providers. Don't wait. Go to rcahelp.com slash podcast for help. rcahelp.com slash podcast.